So I am really excited and pumped, you guys, because our 21 days of prayer and fasting starts tomorrow. That's right. We start our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so what I have to do is I have to mentally get ready and prepare. I have to know what kind of fast I'm going to do. So we have made it very easy for you to go on our website and you'll find resources, spiritual resources, I think. Go to the fasting tab and there's a ton of information. If you're just not quite sure what you want to do or what fasting is, we've got teachings on there. We've got the different kinds of fasts. I think they even put some recipes on there. Um, they teach you how, it teaches you how to prepare for your fast and all of that. So you're going to have to do some speed studying before tomorrow. So hopefully you've already decided what kind of fast you're going to do. And I am really, I myself personally am really digging into this fast. I'm believing God for some amazing things in and through my life and then through this church. And so I'm going to be probably going a little deeper than I normally do. I normally do like a three-day no eating and then I go into the Daniel fast. But I don't want to say out loud what I'm going to do because I won't be committed to it. <laughs> I just have to know the Holy Spirit's, Holy Spirit's telling me, but I know he's going to require a little bit more of me. It is a little warm in here. Could we drop that AC just a tiny, tiny? I think it's more humid. So I'm excited because I am teaching you this morning, I should say maybe refreshing some of us on the power of the Lord's table. And I so enjoyed studying this because it really brought a fresh revelation of what it means to take of the Lord's table. And I'm really praying for the same thing for you today, that as I share, I, I just really want you to ask the Lord to open up revelation. I'm going to start maybe a little slow, and then I'm going to wrap it up with a bow. So just hang on, amen. I'm going to try to stay in teacher mode as much as I love to go into exhortation, because I really want to spark a passion in us once again, of the importance of receiving from the Lord's table, amen, and spiritually what that means. And I have to say, in all my years of pastoring and, and teaching the Word of God, I don't know that I've ever taught on fasting. I may have been forgotten, but this has been a very long time if it was the case. And so I'm very excited to give that to you this morning, amen. So my title is The Power of the Lord's Communion. We're going to learn about the power of when we receive uh, the communion of the Lord. And we're going to start out this morning morning in Psalms 23, and we're going to read these few verses together. Um, I'll read them out loud and you can follow. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, and we all know this, I'm pretty sure. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I just got goosebumps saying that. It was so anointed. And I'm going to break down some of these scripture verses today, and we're going to go into some Old Testament scriptures. But I want to start off with number one in Psalms 23, 5, it says this, you prepared a table before me. And I want you to know, number one, God has prepared this table that's before you today. 
It was done by the hands of the Lord. Amen. It is holy communion. And we'll break this apart in scripture in just a minute. But as we approach this holy communion or the Lord's table that he prepared for us, we need to make sure that we're not making communion common. We really need to reapproach receiving communion as something that's by faith. And I'm going to teach you how to do that or remind us how to do that this morning. Because when we do something so often within Christianity, and, and we love all, I love the traditions that we do, we can forget the power that's behind it and really what happens when we partake of the Lord's Supper. So we want to be sure that we have a fresh revelation, amen, a fresh faith when we come to the Lord's table because anything that becomes common can become religious. And religion we know is dead. There's no life in religion. So it's not the bread and the wine in which it is, which by the way, that's grape juice, just so you know. <laughs> I saw a church, they had a whole decanter and a wine. I was like, okay, well, go for it. <laughs> we did grape juice today. Anyway, it can become common, it become religion, and religion is dead. So we can go through all of the ritualistics of doing it, but never have the power manifest in our life of what it's designed to do. Amen. What happens is when things become common, we forget the value of it. We forget what the importance of it. That can happen in relationships and marriages. Don't nudge your spouse next to you. This is not for them. But it can become common, and God wants us to approach the table with a fresh revelation and a fresh passion of what that really is. So what do we have at the Lord's table? We have the fruit of the vine, which is, is the wine, and we have the bread, right? And this was the last supper that Jesus had with his disciples is the Lord's table. So this communion meal that we're talking about today was celebrated under the New Testament, right? As it was celebrated under the New Testament is the same communion that was celebrated at at the Passover meal in the Old Testament. They are the same, but God did something miraculous between the two, and we're going to look at that today. So if you study the story of the children of Israel, when they're coming out of Egypt, before they did, they had to go through the plagues, right? And there was the last plague that was about to hit the children of Israel, or the nation, and it was the death angel. And God gave them a, a way of escape. He gave them a plan, and he said this, prepare a meal. Take a lamb, everybody say lamb, a lamb, and I want you to prepare a meal. He told them what to do. He told them how to eat it. And he said, if you'll eat this meal, the lamb, and do what I tell you to do, it will cause deliverance to come to your house. It will come, cause healing to come to your house. It will cause protection to come to your house. So there was something important about following what God said to do with this Passover meal. They had to follow his instructions perfectly, right? And it would cause that deliverance or that death spirit to pass by their house. And what's so powerful, if that kind of miracle can happen, the Passover miracle can happen in the Old Testament, imagine the miracle power that can come in the New Testament under the blood of Jesus Christ. In that new covenant, there's miracle working power at the Lord's table. And it can manifest supernatural things within our life, and it did. So Jesus now in the New Testament, he, on the day of Passover where they would celebrate the Passover of the death spirit, he entered into a communion meal with the disciples, into a new covenant, right? So what happened? He's showing the new way to partake of the Lord's Supper is going to be replaced by the old way. 
right? Because the old way had the sacrificial lamb. It had the procedures which we'll go through. But he's trying to institute the new way and how we're to receive him today, right? So when they ate that meal, there was power that was released in that meal. So let's look at that. In Psalms 23, verse 1, it says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So this whole psalm is surrounded about, around the shepherd, the great shepherd. And he's showing us what he's doing in our life. And whenever there's a shepherd, there are sheep. So this story is talking about the shepherd, the Lord, that will do these things for us. And we, the sheep, come alongside the blessings because we are under the shepherd. Does that make sense? I know you all know that. I'm setting the stage. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So when you come into this relationship with the Lord's Supper, when you come into this intimacy with him, with him, you're not going to want in your life. There's some satisfaction that takes place. The things of the world that may pull on us because I'm partaking of the Lord's Supper, of the meal, it's satisfying something on the inside of me. And so in verse 2 it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Who is that? That's the sheep. So when we come under the shepherd, right, he makes us lie down. God does something for you. That's what you need to remember with the Lord's Supper. He's doing something for you. We're not doing something to get from God. He's saying, I'm doing this for you. You're my kids, and I have miracle-working power by the blood and by my body. And if you'll do this thing, I'll work the miracles in your life. So God does it for him. And so what are green pastures? God wants to bring you to green pastures where he feeds you. And a shepherd would bring the sheep into the green fields so that they could consume the food. They'd be a place without fear and disturbance. It was a safe place. I believe in this season that we're coming into in 2023, God wants us to come out of the old season. He wants us to bring us to this place where he's going to feed us with new revelation, fresh manna from heaven, a new joy, a new expectancy, a place that we can feel safe. I don't know about you, but the last couple years have not felt very safe. But if we know where we can run to, we know what the shepherd has set before us, then we have a place to go to to receive from him the miracles that we need in this season. Amen. So let's look at verse 5. He says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So who prepared this table? God prepared the table. What does that mean? It's his table. So whenever I go to the table, he's there. Why? Because it's his table. See, whenever you're receiving the bread and the, and the juice and we've made it so religious, you've got to look at it go, when I take this little thing or my cracker at home, God's presence shows up at that table because he made the table for me. So we can have an expectancy that, and we're going to do this at the end of the service, I expect God to show up in that moment with his presence and with his power to manifest what I need in my life. Amen. The great shepherd attends to your table. Come on, somebody. It's not just a religious thing that we put back there and we do it because we love the sacraments and we should do that. But God shows up at this table. The Bible even says that when they took, took the Passover meal, when the Israelites were eating the Passover meal, it says that God moved down through the mountains to the camp of Israel. See, when you start obeying him with receiving the Lord's table, he comes down from where he's at and he comes and he dwells with you. 
Man, that makes me want to receive communion every day. Where's my bucket? I'm going to buy a whole bucket of these. I actually really am because I got a fresh revelation that I want to sit at the Lord's table and receive from the table what he said is mine. Amen. I'm going to be a piggy for Jesus, that's for sure. So number two, his presence is at the table. He created the table for you and his presence is at the table. There's something about this table that brings the closeness and the presence of God. It's not just an emotion, is it? It's a supernatural, fresh revelation that we should have when we come to this table. Number three, what happens when you come to the table? Supernatural miracles and healing happen at the table. Let me say that again. Supernatural miracles and healing happen at the table. If you look at Psalms 23, 5, it says, you anoint my head with oil. What's happening? Oil is referring to the healing balm of Gilead. When you come to the table, there is healing happening at that table. Do you know in Psalms 105 verse uh, 37, it refers back to the children of Israel. What after they ate the Passover meal and they were obedient, they went on with no sickness in their bodies. There was something supernatural in the meal that provided health to their body that sustained them through the next 40 years. There's something about the table when you come to it, there is healing at the table. If you have sickness in your body, the oil will flow over onto your body. Amen. If you need, the, the scripture even says that their clothes never wore out. How many would love that? Not us girls. We need more clothes, don't we? Clothes and shoes, that's our thing. Paul, Pastor Paul says no. But their clothes never wore out. Their feet never swelled. Listen, supernatural happens when you eat at the Lord's table. The church has got so customary. Well, if I have this headache, I can take that pill. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Listen to me. But I think we need to get our mindset back to the supernatural power of the Lord's table that he made for us. That my first go-to better be the body and the blood of Christ. Let's see what he can do first in this situation. I'd rather meet God at the table than try to talk my pain with somebody else on the phone who really can't give me what I need anyway because I'm going to need another phone call a week from now. Come on, somebody. We need to learn to sit at his table once again. Expect the unexpected. Expect the supernatural. Blinded eyes open. That's the supernatural. Deaf hearing. That's going to happen in the times that are coming. The lame are going to walk. Demons are going to come out of people. Back in the day, they'd see cancer fall off of bodies. This needs to come back to the body of Christ. But we've got to remember the Lord's table. Because if we're going to all the natural, then we're not receiving that supernatural that God has. Amen? There's something supernatural that happens when we come to the table. Number four is the abundance is at the table. In Psalms 23, 5, it says, my cup runneth over. God has for you at this table, that word abundant means more than enough. It means a saturation. It means abundance and wealth. Do you know when you come and sit at the presence of the Lord and you receive what he has for you, he breaks poverty mentality. He breaks lack off of your life. He wants you to have blessings. He wants you to be blessed, to be a blessing. The Bible says when you give, he'll give it back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen. He says when you come to my table and you dwell with me and you eat and partake of my meal that I have for you, I will bless you. That's probably at the table where witty inventions are going to come. 
That's probably where business ideas are going to come. That's probably where God's going to get these aha moments when you're sitting at his table dwelling with him because he wants abundance for you. Let's quit wringing our hands away from the table and let's go back to the table where the presence of the Lord is. Amen. Number five, there's restoration at the table. You go to verse three, he restores my soul. He says, I'm going to restore everything that the devil stole from you. Joel gives us all the promises. What the canker worm has eaten in your life, I'm going to give it back to you. If joy was taken, I'm giving your joy back. If depression has been overwhelming you, I'm going to fill you with joy. God is the God of restorations. If there's broken relationships, broken marriages, whatever it is, God wants to restore back to your life. He is the God of restoration. I say, let's don't take what the devil, just sit back and say, oh, well, that happened. Nope, I'm giving it, I'm getting it back, God. I'm going to come and I'm going to partake of your meal and I'm going to get the covenant that was established for me and I'm getting back everything that the devil stole from me or people stole from me or whatever was abandoned in my life. I'm getting it all back and more. Why? Because I know my covenant. I know what he did for me, and I'm going to step into that covenant. He says, I'll give it all back to you. Say, I want it all back. Time to get it all back. Amen. Number six, it says, goodness and mercies at the table. This is my favorite one. Psalms 23, 6 says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So every blessing is at this table, but guess what? Now, because I'm receiving what he told me to eat, now I have two things coming and chasing me down to bless me. I don't have to go find it. It's finding me. Why would we stay away from the table when all these blessings follow it? Amen? Goodness means pleasantness, happiness, and right. Some of us need to get our joy back. Some of us need to laugh again. We need to enjoy life again. Enjoy serving God again. Enjoy serving the local church. We need to get some joy back. Amen. I'm going to sit and commune at this table. Perfect timing. 21 days of prayer and fasting is coming up. Perfect timing to sit at his table. He says mercy follows you. The kindness, the faithfulness of God, and the compassion of God follows you in your life. So the moment that you partake of the bread and of, of the meal that God prepared for us, it activates the promise of God. I want you to hear that word, activate. There's something by faith when you receive with revelation the, the meal of God. It activates all the precious promises of God that the word of God says. Because when the children of Israel ate of the Passover meal, he said, if you'll obey me and do what I've told you to do with this meal, I will bless you. And there were seven blessings that God said, I'll bless you with if you obey me by eating of this meal. These are the blessings. You'll have long life. How many want some long life? He says, I'll send my angels before you. I'll cause healing to come to you. Prosperity will be upon you. You will be fruitful. If your enemy comes at you one way, they're going to flee from you in seven. I, you will be under my protection. These are seven blessings of God by sitting at his table. He says, I will eat what you told me to eat at your table, God. God's blessings will be in your life. And that's just the few. You've got the Deuteronomy blessings. You're blessed when you come in. You're blessed when you go out. You'll have vineyards that you didn't plant. Listen, God wants to bless your life with all of your heart's desires. Joel's promises are he wants a double-fold blessing. I'll take it. He says miracles, God's divine presence, blessing upon your family, deliverance. All the miracles are in this bread. But we've made it common, so it's just bread to us. 
But the moment you break that bread, you need to see the supernatural power of God coming out of that moment. Because I'm eating the meal that he told me to eat that releases these blessings in my life. Isn't that powerful? So Jesus on the day of Passover, go back to the New Testament, he purposely instituted the Last Supper. Why? Because he wanted to replace the old way with the new way. The old way, they had the lamb. The old way, they had the blood sacrifice and they had a procedure. Now let's look at Exodus 12 verse 3. Speak to all the congregation of Israel saying to them, on the 10th month every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father and a lamb for the household. So this is now the instructions given to them. And what he told them to do is I want you to slay the lamb for your house. And when you do, take a hyssop, and I want you to dip it in that blood, and I want you to put that blood on each side of the doorpost, and I want you to put it on the mantle of that door. What was he symbolizing? You are covered by the blood of the lamb. You are covered by the blood. The blood speaks, amen. There's a hedge of protection in your life, at the doorpost of your life, because of the blood of the lamb. Now we know that lamb was symbolic of the lamb that was to come. And the one thing he said is he never mentioned to put the blood on the threshold. Why? Because the blood cannot be trampled on. Now think about this. What does Hollywood do? They trample on the blood of Jesus. What do movies do? They trample on the blood of, they, they know what they're doing. Music, musicians, satanic worshipers, they know what they're doing by trampling on the blood, mocking the name of Jesus. Do you know right now in California they're trying to pass a bill that you cannot mention Jesus Christ in church? I'm like, oh really? Because you mention his name in every movie every five minutes. So there must be something powerful about his name. Listen, they're trying to eliminate. Why? Because there's power in the blood of Jesus. Demons quiver at the blood of Jesus because it was shed for us and for protection. Amen. Hallelujah. I got excited. Sorry. Can't read those news posts just before church. (laughs) So what happens when, when, when when the death spirit came by that house and they saw the blood of Jesus, that death spirit had no right to that house. And the same thing is today. When you receive the the Lord's meal, that blood of Jesus is at the doorpost of your house. Nothing can cross that that covenant line because you are in covenant with Jesus Christ. You know the song, Oh, the Blood of Jesus? You don't want me singing it. I can't sing. I wish I could sing. Pray for your pastor. Maybe something supernatural will happen on my 21 days. I'll, I'll just come out here singing. Shock you all. The most powerful thing you can do when you pray is say, I come in the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus Christ. When you mention the blood of Jesus, I'm telling you, demons are in fear. They will run from your life. Why? Because the devil cannot cross the bloodline. And when you eat the meal, when you're at the Lord's table, you are saying, I am partaking of Jesus. I'm remembering the blood that was shed for me. I'm remembering the body that was given for me, amen. And the enemy gets mad. He doesn't care if you just eat it. But when you know a revelation of it, changes everything. Exodus 12, 8 says, then you shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in the fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it all. What did he say? I want you to eat all of the lamb, not bits and pieces. So I want you to eat all of it. And if there's anything left, you need to burn it with fire. And I believe that's because so many people know Jesus as Savior, but they don't know him as Lord. Amen. He says, I don't want 
yeah, it's going to save you from hell. Like the Lord being our Savior is like our insurance ticket from hell. You're like, thank God I'm not going to hell. Praise the Lord for that. But God doesn't want just a piece of it. He wants you to consume all of him, all of it. Let him become Lord in your life. 33 times in the Bible Savior is mentioned, but 400 times Lord is mentioned. Why? Because he wants to be Lord in our life, not just fire insurance. Not just live my life, whatever way we're living in a society where Christians are just living however they want. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to begin to deal with that mess because God wants us to make him Lord of our life. Amen. He wants us to eat all of it. I don't want him just as my Savior. I want him as my Lord. I want all the open doors God has for me, but I'll also take the closed ones. I want all of God's yes and amens, but I'll take his no's too. See, there's, we want all the goodness of God, but there's the fullness of God. That sometimes he opens and closes doors, and we have to trust God in that opening and that closing. We need to say, God, I'll take every person you want in my life, but whoever you remove, I'll receive that too. If you tell me no, if I have to exit a dating relationship, I'll receive it. Why? Because you're not just my Savior. You're my Lord. I'm going to eat all that you've called me to eat at the Lord's table. I don't just want salvation. Thank God. But I want, I see baptism of the Holy Spirit at the table. I see deliverances from drugs and addictions at the table. I see purity and integrity at the table. I see freedom and prosperity at the table. I want all that God has, not just bits and pieces of it. Amen. This is so powerful when the Lord showed me this. Everything in the word, God says, walk by faith and not by sight. Everything. He says, you're not going to see what I'm going to do. You can't see or touch. I need you just to walk by faith. But do you know communion is the one thing that I can physically see? This is faith. I see it. I don't have to believe God for the promises. I see it. It's not by faith. No, when I take of this, I receive of the blood, the wine, and, and the bread. It's something that I physically can go to and say I'm putting my faith active in this moment that I'm receiving it. Nowhere else in Scripture does he say you get to see it and then receive it. But here he says you get to touch it. You can handle it. You can see when you partake of it, it's my blessings in your life. My freedom, my deliverances, and my healing is happening in my life and in my family's life. Amen. Number seven is the only place that he makes active faith visible. That next one's next. but it's, Okay. It's a physical thing, right? So hold the bread. I'm touching the bread and I'm saying this is the blessings of God in my life. I can hold the cup and, and the wine and, and it's tangible and I can receive the blessings of God. Amen. It's a physical thing that I can activate my faith to. John 1.14 says this. That in the, in the, Jesus said, I was the word. In the beginning, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So when you're receiving the Lord's table, you're literally putting on Jesus Christ. You're putting him in you and he flows through you. So every time that you partake of it, you're literally putting the identity of Christ in you. Who he is, the authority that he walks in, the power that he walks on, you receive back into you and you represent that to the world. There's a scripture verse that says, I don't know if I have it here, I might. Yes, yeah, 2 Corinthians 3, 2, it says, you are an epistle read of all men. So your friends may never read the Bible, but they're definitely reading you. 
Amen? So when you're putting on Jesus, you're reminding yourself of who you are in Christ and who he is in your life. That begins to shine through in your life. You'll project Jesus everywhere you go. How can you come out of the presence of God and not walk away different? How can you not sit at his table and receive by faith everything that, and not walk away with this joy and this faith? Everyone will see who you are projecting in your life. I'm not worried about the world. I'm not wringing my hands about the economy. I'm not worried about all these things that the world is trying to divide us and upset us by. I'm sitting at God's table. And I'm walking away with all that he has for me. And I'm walking by the blessings of God. In some way, goodness and mercy is going to find a way to bless me. Amen? All right. So Luke twenty two nineteen, 19, and he took the bread and gave thanks. And he broke it. He broke it, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Number eight, when you receive the Lord's table, it will invoke memories. Something about that moment. You'll remember how God saved you from your sins. You remember how lost you were and maybe how messed up you were or how blind that you was. And you come to this moment of the table or maybe how arrogant and pride and the things that Jesus swept away from you. And you come to this table so humble and ready to just receive the blessings of God, remembering what he's done in your life. Remember that song, At the Cross, At the Cross, where I first saw the light, all the burdens of my soul passed away. And that's so beautiful. What's the burdens of our souls? The things that overwhelmed us, depression, the past, the darkness, the things, the nightness of our souls that keep us down and heavy. He says, when you come to the table, I will refresh that in your life. And then what happened when he came, what, what happened with the sin, the burdens? They were all rolled away. How? By faith. Song goes, they were rolled away. And how happy I am now. Happy all the days of my life. See, when you come to the table with the burdens and the pressures of life, he takes them and rolls them away. And the scripture says in Nehemiah, do not be sorrowful for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So when you come to the table overwhelmed and depressed, which a lot of that has happened in the last couple years, I can walk away having rolled all that off on the Father, and now I'm happy all the day. Now I have joy. Now I can sing the song of the Lord. Now I can enjoy my family. I can enjoy my job because I came to God's table with joyful celebration. With great exchange, amen. So I want to get through the rest of this. And so quickly, in Matthew 26, it tells of the story going back to the New Testament. It says, the disciples said to him, where do you want the Passover? Like, where do you want to have the meal? They were going to celebrate the old way. And he said, Jesus told them, you're going to go to a certain city. You're going to find a certain man. He's going to have a water pitcher on his head. Say to this man, I need your house. It's pretty cool, Jesus. Give us your house. You have an upper room. We're going to receive the Passover up there. And when I was studying this out, what I loved about it, they found the guy. They went into the upper room, as we know. But Jesus said this, I'm going to have communion, my meal, in your house. And I think we have to take what we do here from communion to your house. This isn't just a church house thing. It's not when we're going to receive our corporate communion. That's awesome. But Jesus wants you to take it to your house. With your children and your family, breaking the bread, sitting at the table together, right? When you carry this meal back to your house, you're bringing the blessings of God to your house. The victory is in your house. 
joy, your house, peace, your house, goodness and mercy, all the anointing, your cup running over is not just for this house. It is also meant for your house. He wants you to be blessed in your home. In Exodus 12, 2, it says this, this month shall be the beginning of months, the moment that they eat the Passover meal. He said, it's going to be a new month. It shall be the first month of the year to you. What does that mean? The moment that they ate of that Passover lamb and they obeyed that Lord's meal, the Lord says, I'm wiping everything clean. I'm giving you a brand new calendar. It's a brand new day. Every time you eat of this table, the Lord's table, he says, I'm giving you a new day. I'm going to wipe the old clean. Whatever happened and the, and the brokenness and the pain and, and the disappointment, I'm coming to the table and God says, I'm going to wipe it all clean. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new beginning. Amen. It starts right now. When you come this morning to receive this communion, it starts right now. That means everything's under the blood. That means the victory is yours. Amen. Number nine is this is a brand new beginning when you receive communion. Listen, when you come to the table, the past does not control you any longer. When you come to the table, the ghost of guilt cannot haunt you any longer. Amen. Because you're eating of the meal that God told you. And number ten, in Exodus 12, 8, it says this. Then they shall eat the flesh on the night. Roasted in the fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. Everybody say bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Number 10 is it removes the bitter things of your life. Now, what I want to show you is when they received the Passover lamb, the Passover meal, they would have the lamb over here and, and the bread and everything that Jesus, God told them to do. But there was a side plate, say side plate. There was a side plate that they had to prepare. And I just have sage, so we're going to pretend it's bitter herbs. To me, it's bitter herbs today. And they would put the bitter herbs in a bowl, and they would pour water over it. And this would be seated next to the Passover that they were about to eat. And they would put salt in it. And what they would have to do is they would have to eat the bitter, but they would also eat the sweetness of the lamb. And this side plate wasn't here for no reason. Because the bitterness represents the things in our life that we are bitter. There are things that have gotten a hold of our hearts, people, experiences, and we get bitter. And it makes us hard on the inside. It makes us unloving. It makes us untrusting. And it was meant to be, the bitter was meant to be balanced with the lamb so that the, the balance of the bitter would balance the sweet and they were able to tolerate the bitterness. And the salt represents the tears that have been cried. God said, I've caught every tear in a bottle. Because your tears are in here. The water is the word of God, the washing of the water. And the bitterness is in all the word and in the tears that you've cried. He said, but if you come to the table, let the bitterness be balanced by the lamb. If you don't let the, in, enjoy the lamb, then the bitterness will overtake your heart. Amen. And we've got to be careful to, that we don't let bitterness stay. We need to go to the table and say, God, I'm going to give you the bitter things of life. I'm going to give you the things that I'm angry and frustrated and in the dark places of my life. And as you give that, then you consume the meal that he told us to eat today. And it will balance out the bitterness so that you can walk in the new beginnings that he's called you to walk into. Amen. All right. 
Let's keep going. It goes on in Scripture in 1226. He says, what should I tell when the children ask, what should we tell them what the Passover meal is? And God gave them instructions. Tell your children about the Passover. It's so important, parents, that you involve your children with the Lord's table. Let them know why we eat the Lord's bread. Let them know the precious lamb that was slain and, and Jesus becoming that lamb. And Why? Because if the next generation doesn't know, there will be no one to pass it to the next generation. So let your children know. I don't care if they're grown or dolls. Like, Y'all are coming over for communion. I'm going to teach you. Amen. Let your family know and reproduce. Scripture says in three influences in the word of God, do this as, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Isn't that powerful? That word remembrance, if you study the opposite, it means to, to uh, dismember. There's things that's been dismembered in our life. He said when you come to the table, do it in remembrance of me and I'll bring back things in your life. Amen. All right, last this morning I'm going to share and then we're going to receive it together. But everything in the upper room that they had, the Old Testament, they had the lamb, they had the blood that they had, to, the ritual blood, the sacrifice they needed to make. In the upper room, according to scripture, we know there was no lamb found at the table, right? There was no lamb on the table. Where is the lamb? Well, the lamb was sitting at the table, right? So the Old Testament, the lamb had to be sacrificed. He said, there's no more lamb. The lamb's already been slain for you. It's been done. We know 24 hours later they dragged Jesus away and they hung him on a cross and he died and he resurrected again. We don't need lamb at the table. The shepherd comes to the table now. And that's why he comes is because I paid for that table. I sacrificed for this table. And that's why I'm there every time you come because I laid down my life for that table. Amen. I'm going to invite the praise team up. What I'm going to do, I'm going to give you some instruction this morning. Um, we're going to worship, but what I want you to do is take your communion. You can kind of get it ready. If you peel the top layers, the bread, and then the next layer is the drink, and you can get that ready. But what I want you to do is this. You know, the Bible is clear about us getting our hearts right with communion. So anything that you want to get with the Lord, maybe when I talked about bitterness, you want to deal with the bitter things unforgiveness. Maybe you're angry at someone. Maybe you just need to get it right with the Lord. I want you to take it just a few minutes as we start worship. At your leisure, receive your communion. Just when you're ready with the Lord, talk with the Lord, and then you can receive the bread and the, and the juice all on your own. And then what we're going to do is pastors and elders will be up here. I want you to come forward for prayer, and we want to pray with you. We want to come into agreement for the things that you're believing God as we receive the Lord's meal today. Amen. By faith. Whatever miracle you need, if it's healing or marriage or maybe you just need a word from God, I don't know. Receive it at your leisure. Spend some time with the Lord and then find your way forward. We'll be here ready to pray with you. Amen. So let me just pray. Then team, you can come forward. Father, I thank you for this moment that we have to sit at your table, God. Lord, it was so clear in scripture that you said, you meet us here. And I thank you for everyone that's here, God. You are meeting them right where they're at. Lord, you know their needs. You know their heart's desires. You know the things that trouble them in the midnight hour. God, you know all. And I pray that, Lord, everything that I taught today, let it become active in this moment. Whatever part we needed to hear, God, 
Let it just become our revelation truth today. We take this moment to set it aside for you, Jesus. I ask, Lord, that you just forgive us of our sins, forgive us of attitudes, Father God, anything that would come between ourselves and you. We just ask you to forgive us right now. Cover ourselves with your precious blood. And we receive this moment with honor, with reverence, and with faith, God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.